Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. God's been taking us through this journey to the beginning of a year of renewing. We're just connecting to what the Lord did last year and with uh, this thought of returning, refining, rebuilding. This year we're adding renewing. I believe that he wants to do that. Amen? Renewing through anointing. This morning I want you to, to hear this message. Renewing our need for anointing. Go ahead and say it with me. Renewing our need for anointing. And I'm going to uh, take a guess here. You may have a different outline. I'm noticing something that uh, is different in mine, so the, the message may not upload it properly. And so if it doesn't follow, um, I'll tell you here shortly, and, and you'll just have the rest. You'll have to throw that back up because I'm noticing something, and um, I don't know why it wouldn't have updated, but uh, it, things happen, amen? But God has a plan, all right? I know this should be up, but let's go ahead and say the declaration of the word. Are you ready? I believe this is the Word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know that God is at work, but when God is at work, the enemy tries to work at the same time. I want to give you again the beginning of our mission statement. This has got to stay fresh in front of us. It is to connect people to God. I made this statement last week because we've been talking about the anointing. I'll go ahead and say it again this week. People need to understand the power of the Holy Spirit's anointing. Amen. We need to know that the power of the Holy Spirit is alive today. It wasn't just for the church of yesterday, but he wants to pour out his spirit on us afresh and anew today, renewing us every day. And I, I know some of you may be thinking, anoint myself? I never heard of that. Well, it's okay. Uh, if you look at the Lord's, uh, or the, the Lord's prayer or the prayer in Psalms uh, 23, and, and you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over, it's okay to get a blessing from the Lord. And, and just to say, God, I need you. I, I need your anointing in my life. I need your covering in my life. And again, an, an oil that we use, usually it's just olive oil. My wife likes to spruce it up with some other fragrances and, and things like that. But there's no power in that oil, but it's symbolizing what God has done. And I'm going to preach a message soon here about even how uh, in the Old Testament, how they would put the, oil, the anointing oil, is called the anointing oil, and it was so sacred. Uh, they had, they had specific uh, uh, instructions of how to put it together and what it was used for. But we believe that the anointing of God wants to flow in our lives. He wants it to flow over us, and we want to be overflowing with his anointing. Amen. Here's what I want to think about anointing. God's pouring out power. There it is. Wait, hey, we may be on the right track after all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's pouring out power. Go ahead and say it with me. Anointing. God's pouring out power. How many wants to see his power poured out in your life, poured out in your family, poured out in your church? Amen? So let's jump into the passage this morning. We're going to go into James chapter 5. 
We're going to start in verse 7. Let me just give you a little bit of context with the, the first part, the first six verses of James chapter 5. James is talking about uh, the condemnation on those who were rich, who opposed, who opposed the, the poor and oppressed the poor, and, and it, it took advantage of them, didn't give them fair wages, and he's saying, woe unto them. But then we get down past verse 6, and we get here. Now, here's what I want you to follow if you're uh, writing notes in and, and things like that and on, your, on your outline. Renewing our anointing to be patient for his return. And again, I, I want to share with these when I get into the word and, and I'm seeking the Lord uh, for uh, a passage for a certain time for the service. Uh, the Lord's directing us. And these thoughts come right out of a passage. It's not the other way around. It's usually I don't have like five bullet points and see if I can go find a passage to make that work. It's out of these, out of these words that the Lord speaks to us. How many know we just said the declaration of the word that he gave us his word to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us a roadmap on this journey. And a lot of times, and there's been people, and I've done it too, I'll just be honest, where I needed to hear something from the Lord, and I just kind of flipped open my Bible and was hoping that Lord direct me to the right. Anybody else done that? Anybody else honest? I just opened it. And sometimes that works, right? And, and other times you're like, well, that didn't work. Find another page. But, uh, but I want his word alive in me so I know where to go. But I also want to understand his word in the right context and what it, who the original audience was written and what they were going through and then apply it to what we're facing as Christians today in this journey. And so when we look at this passage, we, we need to look that in, in James that uh, he was just talking about in, in the first few verses that there was a, there's this uh, uh, offense to the people of God for being misused and abused, but he's saying, woe to them. But then James turns his attention to specific needs of the church and he begins to say to us that in this course of life, when things are hard around us, when you may have been oppressed, just keep your eyes on Jesus. We need to renew our anointing to be patient. How many of you anointing to be patient? <laughs> but he's saying renew our anointing to be patient for his return. How many knows that Jesus is coming back again? I don't want to be weary and waiting for his return. I want to be energized. I want to be empowered. I want to be anointed so I can do what he's calling me to do until his return. I don't want to go into heaven all beat up, bruised up, and, and wore out. I want to go in victorious. I want to go in as a, as a conqueror in Jesus' name. Yeah, we may have some things come against us, but we've been given the shield of faith to hold out against the fiery darts of the enemy. And we can press in and know that we are victors in Jesus' name. And so this is what James is saying, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So remember this, this context. He says, some of you have been oppressed. You've been taken advantage of. You've not been given fair wages and, and, and life has been hard. But he's saying the Lord is going to come again and he's looking for a church that's looking for him. And until then, be patient. Amen. See how the farmers wait. Then he gives an illustration. See how the farmers wait for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. The next verse. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. This is like a farmer who plants seeds. And you've heard sermons and illustrations about the farming, but just go with me for a few minutes on that. That process, you can't just throw seed on the ground and expect that it's going to produce a harvest. You may get a, a couple of plants, but you know there's work before that. How many gardeners that we have in here? Sister Jolene in the back, she knows how to plant things. 
Rick says she knows how to plan a lot of things. He's probably the one that's doing a lot of the work to get it prepared. I know she does too, but there, there's, there's something that you can't just throw the seed out. You've got to prepare the ground. And then once you plant the seed and you cover it back up, they don't just sprout out overnight. The harvest doesn't come the next day. You have to be patient. But if you've ever seen a farmer, if you've ever grown up in Indiana, we see a lot of farmland, right? And, and you understand that these farmers just don't plant it one day and then they go into their house and sit around for three months for it to grow. In their patience, they're doing something. They're working on their equipment to get ready for the reaping of the harvest. Well, what a shame that would be if they didn't pay any attention to the equipment and, and it's a day of harvest and they go to start their tractor and nothing happens. They don't need a brother Ken Calder to help them out. Uh, he, he knows how to work on some, some mechanics. He's like, but he understands you got to keep some things going ahead of time. You can't just wait to the last minute because you're going to miss the harvest. you got to be in preparation. And in that, you're being patient because you want to see this happen, but you can't have that happen until you're ready for it. Amen. And you got to be prepared. And you got to be waiting. How many is ready for the day of the Lord? Amen. But you know why he hasn't come yet? The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, but he is patient and long-suffering because it is his will that all might be saved. There's still someone else, and you may know them right now, who's away from the Lord that needs to give their heart to Jesus, and he's holding back as long as he can because he wants to see another person saved. He wants to see another person redeemed. He wants to see another person saved, and you are a part of that process. So we have to be patient for his return, but in the working of being patient, we need to be faithful in serving him as ambassadors to the kingdom. I'm going to rock through this pretty quickly this morning because I believe the Lord has something in store for us. Here's the next point. Renewing our anointed to be patient for one another. For one another. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, that's you. That's me. For one another. How many knows we need, a, we need a, an anointing to be patient for one another? Now, you're going to be glad that there's only one verse with this topic, so we'll get through it pretty quickly, but you got to hear it. It only takes one verse, right? Can everybody read the screen? Read it with me. Do not grumble against one another and brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. I don't even have to preach that. You guys just preached it yourself. Amen. In this anointing of waiting for his return, James also said, you got to be careful not to get complaining about one another. Because you don't want to, in your complaint, say something that's going to bring offense, that's going to cause someone to walk away. Do we realize What's in stake here and what's in store here? We're talking about eternity. That's why James started this section out with that. Be patient for the return of the Lord. That's where our focus needs to be. Everything needs to focus on Jesus and his return. Everything that we do needs to be on the mission of getting people ready and us staying ready for his return. I can't say it enough. I can't preach enough. He is coming back again. And that should excite us, but at the same time, it should should stir something in. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I being faithful to the calling that he has on my life to witness to somebody else about his goodness and about his love? 
So one of the things that gets in the way of our witness is grumbling and complaining and negativity. That's why the enemy wants to do those things, to get our focus off of the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus Christ and him crucified and him buried and him raised again from the dead, making intercession now in heaven because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen? Let's move on. Verse 10 is this, with this thought, renewing our anointing to be patient in suffering. No one likes suffering, but it's a part of this journey because we're going to experience it. Now remember, I didn't give you the first six verses, but I gave you the context. They, there's the people that were suffering at the hands of unbelievers. But now, he says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Remember, we've been talking about in this course of the last couple of years, we brought in a lot of, uh, of passages from the Old Testament, and, and we gave that warning that they had. We need to look what they were facing. The prophets were always prophesying that the day of the Lord is about to come. And to them, what the day of the Lord was, if you don't get things right, there's going to be judgment called the day of the Lord, and that's when the enemy comes in and takes you captive, Right? Now, we, we celebrated together the rebuilding of the wall uh, through the story of Nehemiah because they were released from that captivity. But it wasn't God's plan for them to go into captivity to begin with. It became the plan when they were disobedient. Amen. His original plan was, I've got a promised land for you. I want you to take control of this land and wherever you walk, I'm going to give this place to you if you'll be the people of God, if you'll be my people, if you'll serve me. Remember when they got across what he first thing he said, uh, you should have no other gods before me. He began to lay it out. I'm the one that you serve. Uh, you don't covet anything else. And he gave these commandments because he says, I'm the one to be worshiped. And he gave this, these promises, but if they got away from the promises, there's going to be consequences. And that's what we keep seeing the prophets over. And it wasn't, it wasn't just like a one-time warning and the next week they got into captivity. No, it was years upon years that God kept giving them a chance and an opportunity. Keep it right. Get it back right. Because I don't want to send a judgment. But if you keep down the path that you're going, there's going to be judgment. I want to let you know there's another day of the Lord that is coming. And James is already referring to it here. It's a day when Jesus steps out on the cloud and he calls his children home and he's telling Gabriel, blow that trumpet because I'm ready to bring my family, my brothers, my sisters, my heirs, joint heirs with Jesus home to be with the Father. How many is ready to go home? But until we get there, there's a journey that we have to, to stay on, and there's going to be some suffering. And he says, look at the prophets that, that endured, that gave the message, and people didn't listen to the message. Can I be vulnerable today? I'm not mad at anyone, but this is what I deal with. I, uh, I, I need this, this patience. Now, some of you, in your kindness, have said to me that you've, you've been patient through some, some things over the last few years. And I, th I say, thank you. But you haven't seen me behind the scenes when I'm emotional. Now, I don't scream and cuss and throw things, but I can get frustrated and upset. And I can get upset with people. Oh, did you say that? I did. I can get upset with people. 
Because I'm like, God, they're missing this. What, what happened here? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? And I get frustrated. But I'm reminded in this passage, I've got to have the anointing in my life to have patience because I see the greater picture that they're facing. I don't want to say anything or do anything that's going to cause even more harm to push someone away from the, from the grace of God because they choose to walk away. Lord, help me, oh Lord, say the right things. So these are things that we have to work out, right? I, and I work these things out. Lord, help me so I don't say things I shouldn't say right here. Because I don't want anyone to be harmed. I want everybody to be helped. I want people to be strengthened. But I work through these emotions. And if you read the prophets, sometimes they got pretty upset too with people. If you, if you read what they, and they didn't have some, but the, 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 James said, but watch at the end. He, they, they had a burden for the people. That's what they kept in. Lord, help me, help us. Be patient with your anointing. Verse 11. He says this, indeed, we count them blessed and endure. We look at the prophets like they were blessed and endure, but you have heard of the perseverance of Job. Listen to the story of Job. You saw what he went through. And, and, and if you follow his story through, there's times like his friends were saying, you're not even following God. You must have did something wrong. But Job wouldn't curse God and die. He kept his faith in God. And, and you watch through that whole story of, of how he held on to the Lord. But here's what the writer says, James. He says, but you see in the end, in the, the Lord intended something good to come out of that. That the Lord is very compassionate and mercy. I want to let you know that the same God that Job served is the same God you serve. He's compassionate. He's merciful. You may not understand what you are going through. Job certainly didn't understand what he was going through. But that doesn't change the character of God of being all-faithful, all-powerful, all-knowing, compassionate, merciful. It doesn't change him. Verse 12, But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth with an oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, at least you fall into judgment. What? He's following up here with the idea of the prophets. They were faithful. You keep your faith in God. Don't swear by anything that you see that is temporal, but keep your faith in God. And let your words be of affirmation. If it's a yes, say yes. If it's a no, say no. And let the Lord lead you. Don't be swayed by the culture. Don't be moved by the culture. Don't be moved by the situation. But know that Jesus, we just said it, He is our firm foundation. Will He fail? No. He won't. He is always there. Christ is solid rock on which I stand. He is all around us all the time. He is there for us all the time. He will never change. He will never weaken. He will never be defeated. He's on your side. But we need an anointing to have the patience in suffering. Because right in the moment when you want to give up, and you feel like your, your patience is, is not going to last any longer. Anybody there feel like, I don't think I can have any more patience. Keep praying because you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Someone go ahead and say it. I'm on a verge of a breakthrough. To go ahead and declare it right now. I'm on a verge of a breakthrough. Lord, give me the patience to hold on one more day. 
It may be one more week. It may be one more year. I don't have the time frame. All I know is this, that God can give you the strength to hold on. He can give you the power to persevere. Verse 13. This is a passage that most of you are familiar with. But we need to renew our anointing to minister to one another. Here's what James says. Is anyone among you suffering? Look what he just talked about. He just talked about enduring suffering. So now he comes to the church and says, after I say all that, is any one of you suffering? Have you, any of you been experiencing some hard times in life? Let him pray. Prayer is still the answer. Prayer, talking to God, pressing into God. Pouring out your heart to God. Casting all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. So in a, in a time of desperation when you're suffering, the answer is prayer. It's not going to be the advice of somebody else. In fact, before you ask somebody, what do you think I should do? You should be saying, will you pray with me? Because prayer is the answer. And it's in that prayer where God can... Move on you or even move on that person to give a word of wisdom or word of knowledge. How many believes that? That in that moment, in that time of need, that God is able to speak. But it's not going to someone, give me a word. No, it's like, will you pray with me? That's where it comes out of. It's birthed out of prayer. We have to learn how and hold on to and be patient in praying. Help us, Lord, to pray. So is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Other translations is, is let them sing songs of praises. That's why I love, I love singing. I, I know you love singing, and we got to keep pressing in because that's where the joy comes out of. We, we express our joy in song. Lord, we, want to, we know there's going to be suffering. We're going to pray, but we're also going to know that we're not defeated all the time. We are victors in you, and let us sing songs of praises to your name. And this will minister to one another when we sing songs together. And then he goes into this. Is anyone among you sick? If you've been suffering, pray. But if you're sick, prayer is not out of the equation. But here's what you need to do. Call for the elders of the church. Call for your brothers and sisters. Call for those who know how to pray. Come together and let them say it. Pray over him. Here's the next part anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Using anointing oil is still a New Testament practice. And that's why this morning we're going to practice that today again. Anointing prayer cloths, anointing people with oil. Again, there's no power, but it's a symbolism of his anointing. As a point of contact, Anybody's ever been anointed with oil before and you got home and you still feel it on your forehead? What happened? You remembered what happened an hour before, two hours before? I've come into rooms before where someone got liberal with anointing oil and you see the residue. It's like you touch something. Usually it's the pulpit. You're like, what's on my pulpit? What's... Oh, somebody's been anointing this. I better be careful not to wipe that off. You know, because you see the residue that is there and reminds me somebody's been praying. We have these cloths 
Now, for a while, mine had a, a stain in it from the oil. It's, it's gone away. It's been washed. Sister Annette, a couple weeks ago, said, and this is kind of what's stirring this, in this season of praying for anointing, talking about anointing, Sister Annette's been going some, through some physical things, and she says, I got a prayer cloth, but I, I want it to be re-anointed. It's, it's been washed. It's been, and these are fresh. Did anybody hear the song playing before service? I need a new anointing for a new day. Lord, help us move in this time here. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith. Listen, this is why we've got to walk in righteousness. This is why we've got to grow in the Lord. This is why we've got to keep drawing closer because our, our prayers matter. And the closer you get to the Lord, the stronger your faith is in Him that He can do anything. Amen. Nothing is impossible for Him. Yes. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. It didn't say heal the sick. It will save them. If one's not walking with the Lord, praying with them is a way to share the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. So they're, they're being healed physically and they're being healed spiritually. God wants us to be able to touch people who come in. I remember praying with a, a young lady who wasn't serving the Lord. She came in on a Tuesday night with others in a, and she was expecting. But there was complications with the baby and she was in fear. And that night, before we prayed for her, we talked about the love of Christ. And we prayed for the baby, and we prayed for her, and she gave her heart to the Lord that night. I pray, Lord, right now, remind her of that night. Yes, but then she had a peace, and the baby was born healthy. There was salvation, and there was healing at the same time. The prayer of faith. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And again, we've got to understand the context of it coming together because it doesn't do anyone good to be physically healed and still be, uh, be sick spiritually and not go to heaven. But God wants to do both. He wants to bring that spiritual healing so they'll be in right relationship with him. He wants to bring them physical healing to have a place of testimony in their lives of someone else. What did Jesus say? Sometimes when he healed in the New Testament, he said, don't go tell anybody because it's not my time for everybody to see. But then there's other times he goes, go show yourself to the priest. Go show that the miracle has taken place. Go tell somebody what I did for you. Verse 16. Still in that same context, ministering to one another. Confess your trespasses to one another. Everybody likes the verses before this, but they don't like this one. But this is still in this anointing of ministering to one another. Confessing your trespasses to one another. Praying for one another. Why? That you may be healed. Look at the context. There's something that happens when you get that sin off of you. And you've got to be willing to confess to someone. Now, this is not a priest. This is encouragement by the body of Christ. Saying, hang on there. I, I Thank you for being vulnerable to share. Because the Lord wants to bring healing in your life. 
And so here's what happens a lot of times. Somebody's holding on to something. Something that's not pleasing to God. They're believing they want a miracle, but they're still holding on to some sin. Let's just call it what it is. If it's not pleasing to God, it's sin. And God wants to get that out of their life. But they don't want to touch that. They just want this to be touched. And God is saying, I want to make you whole, completely whole. And when you begin to speak that, there's people who go to the doctor. And the doctor asks them questions. And they really are not honest with what's really going on. They don't want to face that. They're afraid. Like, my elbows hurt. But I've got a big pain in my side. It may be something with my liver, but I'm just going to focus on this because I don't want to know what this could be. Amen. You know anybody like that? They're afraid. They're afraid to find out. So they'll deal with the surface things when there's something deeper happening. And the same thing that's happening here, this is what James is saying. You need to confess this, get this out, and you need to pray for one another that you might be healed. That you may be healed. Lord, help us understand what you're saying to us here, the, the importance of confession. Of being freed from that. Because once you, and it's not saying to speak it to everybody. This is why it's important to have a, a person you can confide in, maybe the pastor, maybe in, even in a small groups where you're building trust and you're saying, I'm dealing with this. Just dealing with some things that are not, that, that are not pleasing. To, I'm, I'm saved, but I just, there's some things that are just not pleasing. I'm trying to get corrected. And by saying it out loud, you become accountable now. And the Lord wants to work that in your life and bring strength to you. And when you get around people who know how to pray, this is what it says. The effective, fervent prayer of what? A righteous man and woman avails much. Help us, Lord, walk in your righteousness. Because if you read this, you realize it's not just about me. Point to yourself. It's not just about me. It's about me being whole with God so I can help others in this journey. Verse 17 and 18. Renewing our anointing to pray earnestly. Intensely. Intentionally. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And if you go back and study the story of Elijah and all the things that he did. What James was saying. He was just like you and me. He was a man. But he had faith in God. And again, if you think about the story of Elijah, he's out on Mount Carmel, that great scene that takes place there. And what happens right after that? He runs and hides. After killing 450 prophets, false prophets, he, he goes and runs and hides. And so James is saying, he's a person just like us. You can have times of victory and sometimes you're scared, but God's still on your side. But here's what he says. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. His nature is just like ours. How many is ready to pray again for the abundance of rain to begin to fall out? Lord, we just begin to pray right now. We intercede right now. Lord, you are able to open up the heavens to bring an anointing at this season that we need to see lives healed and saved. 
to see lives restored, to see health regained, to see salvations in our families. You're able. Open up the windows of heaven. We're praying, oh God. We pray fervently, oh Lord. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your favor, oh Lord. Pour out your anointing. Last two verses. Aren't you glad this is in here? I hope you'll say amen. Renewing our anointing to pray for prodigals. We're not getting away from that. The passages keep coming back. He says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, that means they, they, they knew the truth and they wandered from it. And how do I know that? Because of the next phrase. And someone turns him back. Again, how many know somebody? You're not judging them, but you just know they've wandered from the truth and you're, and you're burdened by that. He gives us this thought here, and we need to pray. Lord, anoint our prayers. Renew our anointing to pray for the prodigals. Because he says, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save a soul from death and covers a multitude of sins. This is about eternity. It's not about the temporal time right now. That's why James is saying, remember the prophets. Remember to stay in a place that you're not complaining about one another, you're not pushing each other out, but you're pulling each other in. Remember to be patient with one another, holding on, praying for those uh, who've suffered to come out of that suffering because the enemy wants to use that suffering to try to pull them away from the truth and wander from the truth. Because sometimes people go through some things that are very hard and they begin to wonder, God, do you even care? Some of them go, it's like, is there really a God up there? That's the enemy trying to sow seeds of doubt and lies. But we're here to say God is sitting on his throne and he knows every tear that you cry. He knows every thought that you have. He knows every prayer that you pray, even though you think they might be hitting the ceiling. They do not go unheard by the ears of God. He's listening, but he's telling the body of Christ, we need to encourage one another when someone's going through a hard time and they feel like they're at the end. We keep lifting them up. We keep pulling them up. And we keep reminding them that God is faithful. Someone say, God is faithful. Are you ready to do the Bible? So this week, I made it easy for you again. You didn't have to fill in it because too many spaces there. Read James chapter 5 again, verses 14 through 20. And read 1 Corinthians 12, the last part of the chapter, verses 28 through 31. Now, we've been looking at the first part about the gifts of the Spirit. We prayed into that. But God connects these messages together. And here's what you got to read when you're remembering chapter 12. He says, I, want you, I don't want you to be ignorant about these gifts. And he lists these nine gifts that are there. And then he goes into a segment about the body of Christ. You're all part of the body of Christ. Isn't that what James is basically saying too? Because we're a part of the body, we've got to help one another in their, in their times of suffering. Encourage one another. If anyone is sick, go to the body of Christ and pray for one another. Amen. We all have a place in this body. Here's what we're going to pray. Read it with me, if you will. Lord, I humble myself to your anointed giftings as the Holy Spirit desires. I trust you to heal me of sickness and sin. I trust you to anoint me to minister to others who need prayer and salvation. 
Let your anointing overflow in my life, my family, and my church. Now again, before we get into the scriptures, and our praise team is coming back, I humble myself to your anointing gifts as the Holy Spirit desires. I don't have time to teach all this right now. We'll come back to it. And as we look at this passage, there's gifts of the Spirit. And the Lord wants to use the body of Christ. And He just got done saying, we're all members. And we all have a function. We all have a, a, a place of service. But it's for us to desire the gifting that you want me to flow in, what you desire, or whoever you need to flow through. Lord, let that happen at that moment. So I, let me get into the passage and then I'll finish the thought. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, the giftings of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Remember, beginning of the chapter, he lists out, here's are the nine gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant of these. He says, but the, the Spirit will use who He desires. That's so important. I, I can't, now, we, we have to desire, and this is the Scripture saying, desire here in just a moment, the best gift, and I'll, I'll unpack that. But I can't create a line, like, if you want the gift of healing, stand in this line. If you want the gift of prophecy, stand in this line. That's not how it works. How it works is the Spirit will move on who He will at the time of the need. Now, there may be some people who will operate more often because of their openness and the Lord desire. I want you to be using that. Someone has open to, and, and again, this is where we walk in the Spirit, but it takes His flesh to operate in. Let me understand. If the Lord's moving through you to give a word of knowledge, but you're one like, I, I can't, I'm too afraid to say anything to anybody. I, I just, I'm not going to do it. Well, they're missing out and you're missing out. So we do it in humbleness. Always be cautious so that someone comes up, I've got a word for you. You've got to be careful. Now, if, if the Lord is moving on them, that's one thing. But if, if they look like it's about themselves, because the Bible says in this, the purpose of these gifts is to exhort the body of Christ. This all should be done in humility. But here's what he says. There's seven questions that he begins to ask right here. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? These seven questions are, are written in a form that was supposed to get a negative response, meaning no. It doesn't mean that these offices don't exist. He already says, here's the gifts, here's the offices. But is everybody going to be a person of, who has a gift of healing? The answer is no, but does that mean that we're exempt from pray, praying for healing for people? No. We're all involved in doing that. Does that mean that everyone shouldn't speak in tongues? No, because we believe that God wants to pour out the baptism of the Holy Spirit on everyone. And we believe the initial evidence is the speaking in tongues as a baptism. But it doesn't mean that every person is going to give a message in tongues to be interpreted for the body of Christ. But there's going to be some that have that gifting at the moment when it's needed. Because 
I can't say here is like, someone give a message in tongues so we can interpret it. That's, that's not scripture. It's when the spirit moves and we begin, and God moves on someone and they begin to give a message for what purpose? For an interpretation, because if it's just messages and messages and messages in tongues, the only person being edified is that one person. But God wants to edify the body of Christ. Because there's a moment that he wants to speak to us that edifies the whole body. So that person needs to be able to rise up in humility and be obedient. Here's what he says. Does everybody have these gifts? No. But these gifts are true. They're alive. They're real. Here's what he says, verse 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Again, we, a lot of times we think best means that one's better than the other. That is not the case here. This is not the case. One gift is not better than the other. It's the situation, what's needed right now. If someone is needing healing, a message in tongues is not going to do anything for them. They need a healing. If faith needs to be risen up, a working of a miracle is not the answer. It's what needs to be done at that moment. He's saying, seek the best gift for the moment. For the moment. And yet I show you a more excellent way. The more excellent way is that you're looking after one another, not about yourself. You're seeking God in the moment. Lord, what do you want to do right now? I want to be sensitive to you for what you, you already know what the need is. But you want to work through us to touch someone else. So I humble myself. I want to be a candidate if you want to use me, but I'm not going to get jealous if you use somebody else. I'm not going to go there right now. But Lord, help us. Be sensitive because there's needs here and those are watching online. As you stand to your feet this morning. Lord, we trust you in this place. We trust you, God. We've asked you if you had a handkerchief to bring it back. If you don't have one, we'll try to provide some for you. I know my wife has some for the ladies. I didn't have extra for the men, but anything will do. But we believe that God still wants to work miracles through the body of Christ and through the local church. So here's what I feel the Lord leading first of all. If you're in the need of a miracle, doesn't matter what it is, physical, spiritual, financial, relational, whatever it is, he's like a miracle needs to take place. Without any hesitation, if you have a handkerchief especially too, I want you to just to come right now. And if you can't stand, sit on the, on the front row. But if you need a miracle, God is able. God is able. We're going to anoint these cloths. We're going to take some time right now. I don't know how long it's going to take. If you've got to leave, that's, that's fine. But we're going to press in. I want to be in the room when you move. I don't want to miss it. Begin to lead us in worship. This is a house.